Hey folks, this podcast goes beyond the saddle as we explore professional careers across the equine industry. I'm your host, Katie Kleinbell. Let's tack up and head out. Hey, Beyond the Saddle fans, Uh, we are at the end of our winter series, so January through March, so I'd like to do a recap episode and just talk about everything that we learned and all the great people, so to help me do that, I have brought one of my friends and coworkers, Lauren Feldman. She's here today. We're actually sitting in our barn, Uh, so if you hear horses in the background, it's very authentic, Uh, but we are the appropriate distance away (laughs) as we are all working from home. Um, But Lauren is the senior digital editor with the Equine Health Network, program manager for Hope in the Saddle, and media liaison for the WRCA. Thanks for coming to help. Yeah, of course, Uh, and this is maybe my favorite place to do something like this in the middle of the barn. This is absolutely my happy spot, Uh, but yeah, thanks for Thanks for having me, and I, I think you covered it. Uh, I do a little bit of a lot of things, uh, everything from social media to writing to editing to client projects to project management, so it's a lot of fun. I get to do a little bit of a lot of things, and it all has to do with horses, so it's, it's awesome. It's a sweet we gotta job. We got that. Yes. <laughs> well, um, we'll just give a little summary of each episode so you guys can get a little bit of a flavor of each of the guests that I've had on Beyond the Saddle over the last few months and just sort of talk about what their jobs are. So I think your, your first round of interviews was with Emma Ford and they were just the best. Tell, tell me all about Emma. She is the coolest human and I am so blessed that I got the chance to talk to her and that I get to share her story here. So She did episodes seven and eight. So Emma Ford, for those of you who do not know, she is a professional groom. So she grooms and works for Philip Dutton, who is an Olympian that has ridden for the American team um, in our most recent Olympics. And so she knows our Olympic horses, America's Olympic horses inside and out. Um, So it was very, very cool, very humbling to get to talk to her and about her life story and her journey to the States from England and all the great things she's done. So I'll just give you a little synopsis. Um, Emma Ford manages Philip Dutton's barn in West Grove, Pennsylvania, has groomed at almost every four-star event in the world, and has been a member of the U.S. eventing team at multiple Olympic, World, and Pan-American Games. In addition, Emma is an Andis grooming educator, and in part of our conversations with Emma in episode seven, she discusses what it means to be a quote-unquote world-class groom, which is the title of her book, as well as her journey to where she is now. In part two, which is episode eight of our conversation with Emma, she offers advice for anyone looking to get into the equine industry. Her greatest moments and the inside scoop on the Olympic horses that she's had the chance to work with, Connaught and Mighty Nice. Very fun. So I I feel like grooming isn't just grooming. So what all does her job entail? So much. So grooming, of course, so she does do the braiding and the bathing and the care for the horses. She also manages Philip's barn, so that includes feeding, managing turnout, but mostly it's about horsemanship, and she spoke a lot to that. Good horsemanship is the key to her success, and that's what she's hoping to teach the next generation. She has a quote that says, our mission is to teach people that it's about groundwork. Unless you have good groundwork, you don't have a horse at the end of the day to compete which I love. So true. (laughs) So true. Uh, So what was your best, you know, your your favorite takeaway from your interviews with her? Yes. Um, She had so many great things. You really should, if you want Emma's advice um, from a seasoned person who has been all the way to the top in this industry, definitely listen to episode eight so you can get those great takeaways. But one of her great quotes was, just because you come from an inventing background doesn't mean you can't learn from dressage, from racing, from Western, and all of the disciplines. I love that she said that. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, one 100% cross-training is so key. Your next episode deals with an industry or a, you know, a job that I don't know anything about, but I think it is super interesting. So that was Tina Anderson, I think, with Farnham. What, what does she do? Yeah, so Tina Anderson is the Director of Product Strategy and Development for Farnham. So if you think Farnham, you probably think fly spray, you think uh, SWAT, you think supplements, you think supplies, you think fly masks, you think all those things that you have probably in your barn right now. And Tina gets to be one of those people that thinks about those products, makes them better and designs them for horse owners, which is pretty much the coolest thing ever. If you think about all the things that go into it. So Tina Anderson is a PhD and she is the director of new product strategy and development for Farnham Horse Care Products. Her professional experience spans over 25 years in general management and leadership and includes roles in consumer goods, academics, research, association management, and consulting, all within the equine industry. So you got to tune into her episode to learn more about Tina keeps horse owners in mind while she designs some of your favorite products. So what exactly does a director of product strategy and development do? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, Tina sees a need uh, for a product um, or a way to better a product. So be it fly spray, be it a new supplement, and then she goes to work. Uh, so she really works with the best researchers, the top in the field, to find the solution for whatever this product is, designing the product, making sure that it passes all of the requirements and is fully researched and fleshed out. And then she gets to create it and take it to consumers and put those products on the shelf. So it's a lot of steps. That's a really quick synopsis and does not do her justice for all of the great things that she does, but it really is like idea, fill the need, and then research the heck out of it to make it great and perfect for us to use. I was going to say, it sounds like you have to be like a real jack of all trades to cover everything from a product launch from beginning to end. What type of personality is good for that? Who would be good at developing equine products? I think it takes definitely a special person. Um, Tina is someone that I aspire to be. <laughs> if we ever get to choose who we get to grow up to be, I'd love to grow up to be Tina Anderson. She's amazing. Um, but someone who is really into research and is fact-finding minded. Um, so you want to make sure that you're following, you know, is this true? Is it not true? She's very black and white and wants to know no gray area for her products that come out and are on the shelves. But she's also really practical and she understands the industry inside and out. Um, she's not going to put a product on the shelf or recommend a product to her team that actually won't fulfill a need. So that's really, I think, reassuring as a horse owner knowing yeah. the products that I can buy from Farnham come from a mind like hers. It's great. 100%. Like she's the person that I want backing the products that I use on my horses for sure. Yes. What's a cool quote from Tina? Because it sounds like she a lot of them. She does. She totally does. Um, this is my favorite quote, not only from Tina, but maybe thus far on the podcast. So it's kind of a big deal. Tina says, if you have the talent, the work ethic, and the skill to be a horse trainer, by all means, be a horse trainer. If growing up, all you wanted to do was work with horses and make them better every day, and you are brilliant at it, by all means, be a veterinarian. But outside of being a veterinarian and a horse trainer, there are a million opportunities which is exactly why this podcast exists. So I'm so glad she said it like that. Yes, and I, I'm so thankful for this podcast. Like also, where was this podcast when I was in college, <laughs> like looking at horse careers? So if you could just you know, make a time machine and go back in time. <laughs> I'll work on that. That'd be really helpful. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> Your next episode was with Freda Johnson with the Arabian Horse Association. The world of Arabians is totally foreign to me. Mm -hmm. So I bet that was really cool getting an inside look into what all her job entails. Definitely. Also, I think a lot of people think about working for an association and it seems like a somewhat natural course, right? For those of us who love horses, who maybe don't want to be a horse trainer or don't want to be a veterinarian. Well, I'll go work for an association. But I think 
Brenna shed some real good light on what that looks like and all of the ways that she contributes to the association. So Brenna Johnson is the Youth and Family Programs Coordinator for the Arabian Horse Association. So she does everything from board meetings and delegates to water fights and stick horses with those youth. She has the know-how to help get youth involved in the breed and have fun doing it. So you got to listen to her episode to learn not only more about the Arabian breed, but also how Johnson views the office work that supports equine activities. So you had me at water fights and stick horses, <laughs> but I'm sure there's more to the job than that. Yeah. So she works with the youth and um, what that means is she's providing opportunities for those kids to get involved with horses that they love. So in her case, it's kids who are crazy about Arabians or really just want to get out and get to know the breed more and connect with other people that love the breed. So if that means water fights, absolutely. If that means getting those kids together so that they can talk about horses and share their love of horses, that's what it is. And who would do well working for a breed association? I think people who love horses and really see the value and appreciate that breed definitely would do well working for an association. So of course there's breed registry management, but there's so much more that falls under that umbrella to keep those associations spinning. And I love that you're giving us little advice nuggets for each of the episodes. (laughs) So what is the best advice from Brenna? Brenna's best advice was never stop learning and never stop looking to other people to learn from them. There are a lot of people in her office who have been there for a long time and have learned a lot in their years there. And she, her best advice was look to those people and seek advice from them because they have wisdom to share. So use it, ask them. And nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, they're going to share something really valuable with you. So true. Shout out to all the vet techs out there. Uh, Thank you for all you do, especially with my accident-prone horses. Uh, (laughs) So, Katie, tell me about your talk with Deborah Reeder. So, Deb Reeder is the Executive Director of the American Association of Equine Veterinary Technicians, or the AAEVT, which is a mouthful. Um, But Deb is an amazing woman. I had so much fun talking to her and learning from her. She is another one who has so much to give and so much wisdom to share. Um, But she was the founding member and now the director of the AAEVT, and her passion and time are now devoted to that association and working to promote the equine veterinary technician profession as a whole. So you got to listen to the episode to find out how her journey led her from a flight attendant to being a vet tech and now to being the leader of this large nonprofit organization. That is quite the journey. So what does a vet tech do? Um, So when she started as a vet tech, she really started in the trenches, right? Um, So she was alongside the vets, pulling blood and taking orders and fulfilling prescriptions and talking to those horse owners and doing all of those things that you have probably seen the vet tech that helps your veterinarian or at your vet clinic do as well. But now she works with the organizations like the AAEP to provide courses and resources for aspiring and working vet techs. So she's really become the resource for who she once was, was those vet techs. So they have somewhere to go to continue learning and to have an advocate. And who who makes a good vet tech? I think someone who makes a good vet tech that Deb speaks to in this episode um, is someone who really anticipates the needs of a vet, so is kind of one step ahead and has everything prepared and ready to go to assist them, but also someone that's very thorough and precise to make sure that everything is carried out exactly as specified. But even more importantly than that, someone with a good stall side manner, as Deb puts it. So you have to work with the horses, but really you have to work a lot with the owners and the people. So being able to communicate with them and keep them calm and communicate what is actually happening in a way that they understand is super important and a skill that's hard to learn. So you either have or you don't. Double shout out to all the amazing vet techs that translated what my vet said into language that I could understand. So <laughs> thank, thank you guys. That has to be pretty hard dealing with kind of panicky, worried horse owners. So we just love them so much and it's their reassurance that keeps us going. <laughs> Absolutely. 
And what is Deb's best advice? When I asked her what her advice was, uh, she talked for probably five minutes straight with all the advice she had to give. And it was amazing to hear her just go on and on with all the things. She was an open book and she has so much to tell us. I just pulled out a couple of my favorites. Volunteer, interview your potential instructors if you are looking to be a vet tech, be the expert. So find something that you can learn thoroughly and be the expert on it. Find a mentor, develop a skill set. Don't settle, which I love. And then find a sector that juices you, as Deb says, which really means follow your passion, right? Find something that you love and go for it. Yes, I, I love the phrasing, find a sector that juices you, follow your passion. And I feel like that's so true with all of the awesome uh, people that you've interviewed, that everybody is so passionate, passionate in different ways, but they all have an unmatched passion for, for what they're doing. And that just, that comes through and that's just really cool. Totally, that's how you get to the top of your field, right? You love it, you don't feel like you're working, you just keep being the best. So your next episode with uh, Sandra, who's a graphic designer, graphic design is something that I would love to do. I don't have any artistic inclination, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'm very jealous of the people who do it well. Uh, and Sandra is one of those people. She definitely is. She is amazing. She has an eye for beauty and making things just so nice to look at and interactive and, and also functional. So Sandy Cochran is a professional graphic designer and she works with companies like Western Horsemen, Rocky Mountain Quarter Horse Association, Colorado State University Equine Sciences, and the National Reining Horse Association, just to name a few. Recently, she was named the art director of the NRHA's magazine, The Rainer. So you got to tune in to hear Sandy's involvement with CSU's Legends of Ranching sale and all of the great things that she's involved in. And also special thanks to Adequan IM for making this particular episode possible. It was so fun to talk to Sandy, and I feel like more creative after talking to her. I'm probably not, but she made me feel like I might be. <laughs> I'll have to listen to that episode a couple times, and maybe some of it will, yeah, seep, will in. seep in through osmosis. I think that's how that works, right? So. so what what is her job? What does that all entail? So a graphic designer designs functional things, right? So she makes things work, is what she does. Uh, she communicates the message, puts the website together, she puts the print book together, but she makes them beautiful. So they're functional and they're beautiful. And in Sandy's case, almost all of the things she works on are all about horses. So how great is that? You're going to be a graphic designer and look at beautiful horse pictures all day long. That sounds all right. That sounds, that sounds pretty cool. And who, who makes a good graphic designer? Not, not me. Probably somebody who has some artistic talent. <laughs> Definitely. If you are a creative. So I think Sandy refers to herself as a spastic creative <laughs> in the episode where she just has to be doing something with her hands and creating at all times. So she definitely already had that in her blood, but she also took the time to really learn the skill set, right? To get really familiar with the Adobe programs, to know them inside and out and how to manipulate that tool. So it is both. Like you have to have that creative bug, but you also have to have the discipline to be able to learn the programs and use them appropriately. And what is Sandy's best advice? Keep doing what you love, whatever that means, keep doing it. She loved horses. She thought about being a horse trainer, going through equine science, but she's really a creative and she wanted to stay in her art classes. And now because she did that, both of her worlds kind of married into one. So she's a graphic designer now that gets to design beautiful print magazines for the equestrian community. It doesn't get much better than that. So you can do the same. Keep doing what you love. That's all my episodes for this winter season. So episodes seven through 12. It was a lot of fun. I think I've learned even more. So every time I get on the phone with someone or sit down for an interview with these great people, I just learned so much and I appreciate them so much. But Lauren, I want to know of these six episodes, which one's your favorite? 
can I cheat and say all of them? <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> is, that, is that an option? <laughs> no, but uh, you know, like I said before, uh, everyone's passion is just so obvious and it's so fascinating to get an inside look into all of these different aspects of the equine equestrian industry and kind of get this inside look. So th there's just such important takeaways from all the episodes. Uh, I want Emma to be my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the advice that I think resonated most with me was uh, Tina's from episode nine. Uh, you know, growing up, I don't think you, you're just not aware of all of the careers that are out there. Uh, if you're not going to be a barn manager or you know, a professional rider or a trainer or a veterinarian, you're, you just think that there's no place for you in the industry. And uh, as we've all learned, that's just not true. I, I was a word nerd growing up. I loved reading. <laughs> I, love, I love grammar. And who would have ever thought that there was a place for a grammar nerd who could you know, talk to you <laughs> about dangling modifiers and the appropriate prepositions and sentence diagramming. I'm a lot of fun at Thanksgiving, guys. Uh, but yeah, I, I never thought that there was a place for me in the equine industry, and, and there is. So I, I really loved Tina's perspective on that. So that was really cool. She's great. And we need you, Lauren, because you make the rest of us sound coherent and communicate correctly. Oh, so. shucks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so what do you have planned for the spring um, well, a lot of it's kind of a surprise, right? So you guys are going to have to tune in to find out. Um, but we've had a couple of requests to talk to nutritionists and really dive into equine nutrition and what it is that we feed our horses and why and kind of the people behind the scenes for that. So be looking for that. Um, and down the road a little bit further, we're going to hear from some big companies that you guys know um, that may or may not have to do with the supplement realm. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So hopefully those are enough little to get you guys interested, but definitely more great things on the horizon. What are some careers that you're hoping that we might cover on the podcast in the future? I know you said you're a fan and you've been listening. So did you have some, some secret little hints that you could drop for us that maybe I could investigate? Well, if you're taking requests, uh, I, I have a couple ideas. Uh, like I mentioned before, I am a total word nerd. I, I love words. I love literature. And I think it would be really cool to chat with somebody who is in the publishing world, somebody who writes horse stories. Uh, I grew up reading uh, the Saddle Club and the Thoroughbred series. So somebody who's <laughs> Uh, an author or a publisher um, who works exclusively in equine media. I don't know if that exists, uh, but if that does exist, I want you to find them and talk to them for me. Yes. <laughs> and then the other one. So I grew up in an area of Southern California that has a lot of movie ranches, and it's where a lot of westerns yeah. were filmed. Oh, you see where I'm going. I, I do. See, yeah, this I just got really excited. <laughs> podcasting is a uh, audio medium, so you can't see Katie right now, <laughs> but she just got a look of total excitement, and her eyes got all buggy, and it was great. Uh, but somebody who works in the capacity of the film industry with horses, so either a stunt rider or a movie wrangler or a trick trainer. It is on my bucket list to be a horseback riding extra in yes. a movie one day, so I ask this very selfishly, so if you can make that connection, <laughs> maybe I can make my dream come true. <laughs> I didn't know that that needed to be on my bucket list until this moment, but uh, I'm joining you and I'm adding that to my list also because how amazing would that be? 
Okay, I'll do my best. I will put out some good vibes, and I think you're right. There's That's a really glamorous sector of this industry that totally exists. So Yeah, so I just want you to get a famous author and a famous movie star. No big deal. <laughs> She's a lot of faith in me. I appreciate Lauren's uh, confidence in my abilities here. So I know recently, uh, due to certain events that are affecting all of us right now, you and our friend Annie, our coworker Annie, put together a really cool episode. Tell me all about that. We did. So in addition to the six episodes that we just talked about, um, I worked with Ask Annie, so Annie Kennedy, to put together a bonus episode. So I teamed up with Ask Annie for a bonus episode, and I'm teaming up with you right now for this episode because I think all of us could use a friend right now. <laughs> Ask Annie and Beyond the Saddle asked fans how they're dealing with COVID-19, how they're staying positive, how they're keeping motivated to work towards their goals in this really uncertain time. And this episode features more than a dozen audio clips from those very people. So from equestrians, from equine business owners, and from equine lifestyle influencers. So you really have to check it out. Um, it's really cool to hear their actual voices. So it's not just Annie and I reading clips. Um, so it's actual audio takes from all of these great people. And I hope that it offers everyone a little bit of light and inspiration because we could all use a little of that right now. It definitely does. Uh, you know, right now it's easy to feel kind of isolated and feel alone and a lot of anxiety. And hearing that episode just made me feel a little bit, we're all, we're all in this together. So definitely. thank you. Thank you for putting that together. Oh, it was so fun. And shout out to Annie with Ask Annie. So if you haven't listened to her podcast, be sure to go check that out. Um, it was a lot of fun to work with her on this too. So that's it. That's everything for a review. Um, if anything piqued your interest, be sure to go back and listen to the full episode. Um, if you're definitely into the vet tech world, be sure to listen to Deb's episode. Uh, if you want to be a graphic designer, listen to Sandy's episode and so on. Um, otherwise, I will see you all in a few weeks and we'll start out our spring 2020 episodes. So ride safe. Thanks for riding along. Know someone that would be great to interview? Have questions you'd like answered on the podcast? Send me an email at beyondthesaddlepodcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media. You can connect with us and learn more about the Beyond the Saddle podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at at beyondthesaddlepodcast. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Beyond the Saddle is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.